Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome or welcome back to the Thoughts That Manifest podcast. I'm Elle, and I am a mindset and manifestation coach who aims to inspire you to awaken your mind to the limitless potential that is within you. Hello, everybody. Courtney and I are back today with a special guest, Amy, and Amy is the CEO of the multi-million dollar human design brand Align by Design, where she brings all the elements and integration of human design in a way you've never experienced human design before. Amy's work creates transformation based on ease, flow, magnetism, and quantum leaps. All of her work is completely centered around integration and embodiment of human design. She is an expert in seeing, understanding, and creating energetic strategies that will work for your business based on your own energy. She is a 5-1 Spelenic projector and former teacher who trailblazed in the online coaching industry, bringing human design mainstream and changing her entire life, leaning into human design during the most trying moments of transformation. So Amy, we are so excited to have you on the podcast today and thank you so much for being here. How are you doing today? I'm so good. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you ladies for having me. I'm excited for our discussion. Yay. All right. So I figured we could start this off just by having you kind of tell us a little bit about how you got into human design in general, because I feel like it's very unique and I feel like not many people know about it. So how did you find human design? How did you discover it? Yeah. So it's so interesting. Uh, It was in 2018 and I was uh, just on my path of life work and discovering myself and understanding and going deeper. I was a full-time teacher. I was on that leave with my second daughter and I went on a run. At this point, I had already invested in business coaches, but I didn't have a business. So I was like fully like experimenting with this online space and coaching, but I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't have, you know, my path or anything carved out. And I was, it was kind of like a side hobby as I was teaching full time. So I was on a run one night and it was just literally a podcast came on. Like I didn't find the podcast because it said human design, but I heard human design and I literally sprinted home and I was like, I have to figure out what I am because this is everything. Like I know this is going to change my life. So I found out I was a five one scenic projector. Then I did my kids right away. I had my two daughters at the time, found out they were three, five MGs. Um, so I was like, oh my gosh, like I literally used it for myself and for my children to really just start experimenting and seeing how they showed up in the world for myself, what was really misaligned for me. So I then really got like I I really understood myself and all of a sudden went to one client started coming in I launched a little program and I was like okay cool like this is working then I went back to school teaching in September and I was like oh my gosh I'm so misaligned everything is misaligned I'm exhausted I'm burnt out I'm overworked I'm stressed this is not projector way (laughs) so then from there I, I still was actually I had my coaching business I would do at nighttime after I put my kids to bed and again working full time during the day and I really was like having more and more pangs and more and more experiences of like, you can't do you can't work full time and do this. And and then my business really started taking off. And I was like, how do I manage this in style for me? So I started creating masterminds where I'd have more people and I'd be, you know, serving them at one time rather than the one to ones. So it all transformed from the moment I heard it in my ears and changed my life completely. And I really just ran with it, like entirely ran with it. 
I love that. Do you remember what the podcast was? <laughs> I honestly, I was really into Lacey Phillips. So I'm sure it was a podcast <laughs> with her, uh, maybe potentially her podcast. But I, I remember I was listening to a lot of Lacey Phillips interviews at that time. So I'm, I'm positive it was that. I'm interested in trying to check check it out. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Because Courtney, like she was saying before, she's very like new to all of this kind of stuff where me, and this is kind of funny how this might tie in. I'm a 5-1 manifesting generator. And she is, you're a 4-6, right? Projector, I think we, we saw. Mm-hmm. So she has a little bit of, because you're a 5-1 projector. So she's like the projector side, I'm the 5-1 side. And with the <laughs> 5-1, I don't know if this is just me. So you can let me know. But I feel like we tend to really just go down rabbit holes of researching what we're passionate about and like wanting to discover about ourselves a lot. Yeah, that's exactly it. So the five is a leader. So we're meant to really be those leaders. And then that one line is all about research, investigating, learning, knowing. And then we really do like inter intertwine those two. So as the leader, then we begin to lead with it, right? So like you said, sharing it or just experiencing it in your own life. But we really do go into like that rabbit hole of like, I need to know more and I have to understand it. And then I have to go like implement it. Right. Yes. And then what would you say for like a four, six? So that's all about like connection and community as the fourth line. So it's like a networker, but really it's like this ability to connect really deeply with people, have incredible relationships, know a lot of people and have a lot of connections. And then the sixth line is all about like wisdom that is experienced from the trial and error and learning as you go of what works and what doesn't. And then turning that in later in life into like a lot of depth and wisdom and, and role modeling through storytelling. I could see, uh, I exactly. could see that for you so much, Courtney. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if you've listened to any of our podcast episodes where we've talked about like the healing process of like mental health and addressing childhood traumas to really kind of elevate your adult life and kind of do that background work, which is never fun, but totally necessary. Lauren and I have shared some of our own personal stories just to kind of be relatable to our listeners. Yeah. Everything that you describe pretty much describes like my conversations <laughs> and my life experiences up up till now perfectly. Yes, exactly. Nailed it. <laughs> and I really love this is something that I wish, which I just wish that this was around back when our parents, you know, were parenting us. I feel feel like it's so great that you're taking the initiative to learn about your children. Mm -hmm. Has that helped you a lot? Like human design helped you a lot when it comes to learning how to interact with your children? Yeah, completely. So obviously the the one line in me too, like I've really studied a lot of psychology, sociology. I obviously went to school to be a teacher. So developmental stages um, of children have always really interested me. And then obviously learning their design, the differentiation of how I would speak to my one daughter that has an undefined heart versus my other daughter that has a defined heart, right? And and the softness that is needed in very different ways, or the the, you know, like let's focus on determination, like the the motives behind their different charts. And then my son is an emotional authority. So he's completely different. It has very different needs and a lot more space and a lot more opportunity to change his mind than my daughter's. So it's been so freeing. And again, like then pairing that with developmental stages and psychology and understanding even female male, like the way that they operate with human design has been such an additional layer of 
freedom for them, authenticity, and lean back parenting because it's like a one size fits all does not work. And that's why it's not working, you know? Yes, exactly. I think I probably should have led with this before, but for somebody who's listening, for example, who has never heard about human design at all, how would you best describe, (laughs) yeah, like Courtney, how would you best describe that to them? Like, what is it? Yeah. So I usually describe it as, well, it is your energetic DNA. So we all have a blueprint. We all have an energetic DNA and it's literally the way that we're designed to operate both in our world internally and how the other perceives us and takes our energy externally. So there's five different energy types, which give us the most understanding and a generic field of how our energy is meant to operate. So Courtney is a projector like me. So we have a lot of ability to see. We're visionaries. We can see what other people don't see. We're very good at like the strategy behind things because again, what other people can't see, we do see um, a lot of in-depth connection with people too, like really seeing past what they're saying and reading that energy. There's manifester, manifesting generator, which I think you said you are, Lauren, my, my all my kids are manifesting generators. So your energy is kind of all over the place. And you're really good at a lot of things, but don't want to maintain that you change your mind a lot, you're in something, you're out of something, you're in something, a lot of passion, a lot of excitement, a lot of magnetism. And then we have reflector. And I said generator. So five energy types. So it really gives us the insight and information of who we are, what we're born, how we're born to operate in the world. And when we understand our whole chart, we have these unique elements about us that go even deeper in how we make decisions, how pieces of our personality are meant to work and, and the dominating forces we have within us, where a lot of conditioning is going to take take have taken place with inside of our chart, how we can decondition from that, right? How we can understand ourselves, areas we want to work out of, areas we don't want to work out of. So it allows us to really carve such a a path in our life that is truly aligned for us and works the best with our energy and let go of things that don't. Mm. I feel like this is so important to our overall podcast theme too of really just focusing on mental health and how people can take that tough journey. Because I think by understanding this concept of what their human design is, or even some of them, you know, listening to this podcast and then Googling, you know, like how to find their human design and learn more about themselves. That's going to be part of that really important process. I'm sorry, I'm very distracted. My stove, my power went out and now my stove is stuck on 111. Yeah, of course. (laughs) <laughs> so it, it was distracting me. I thought I should tell you guys. Um, and I are huge into numbers. And so that's one of our things. Very exciting. But anyway, it's, it's really enlightening because I think a lot of people may struggle mental health wise because they don't understand themselves and their human design of how they need to be showing up and aligning for themselves, but also in, in their spaces, their workspaces, their home spaces, relationships. And so once you can understand what you need at a deeper depth, it's really going to start to let you eliminate the things that aren't serving your soul and kind of hurting you. And that's hindering your mental health journey. Completely. Yeah. And this is where, you know, we really understand that like society is very um, standardized, right? And most of the things where we've been brought up or, you know, pushed towards or guided and, and, you know, been like, here's the direct path. It's very standardized. And we're obviously in differentiation and understanding ourselves, we realize how different we need things to be and how that one, again, that one size fits all will likely not fit a lot of people. And it's so funny you say that too, because I was doing like a lot more like research on my human design and whatnot. 
and I'm very new at this, the whole like angles, the crosses and the what is like your life theme essentially. And when I discovered that I had this left angle cross of confrontation too, which I used some app and it tells me that it was like all about questioning authority and institutions and the status quo. And I'm <laughs> very much like that. I'm like, if I could go against the status quo, let's see how I can do that. I'm yeah, like, oh, it's crazy. different. <laughs> It is right. And there's like, again, we're all so unique, but we've been taught to be so average and normal and Mm -hmm. like everybody else. Right. And this is where human design really helps us understand that and literally gives us the roadmap of like how to utilize what is unique or different about us and how to understand that so we can use it to our advantage rather than just letting it go. Yes, I'm very powerful. I was actually going to ask you, um, what's something that you personally discovered on your human design journey that kind of either blew your mind or totally changed your life that you were able to learn about yourself? Well, oh my God, a lot. So basically, as projectors, <laughs> we're meant to work like four hours a day. So I ended up really like I resonated with that so big and so deeply. And I built my entire business off of working between six to 12 hours in a week and being a single mom and raising my kids and doing the whole thing. So that in itself, like it blew my mind that I was like, yes, that is certain about me, you know, and I'm going to build a business from this. And then I think the other thing, which I already my whole life really utilized and knew and had a feeling about was my splenic authority, which is intuition for me, and really learning how to act on that splenic hit. The splenic hits that come in, that really transformed my life because a lot of fear would live there. And that's where I would quiet it down before and not listen to it or try to turn it into logic and not move with it. But once I really understood how it operates, I leaned into using it, which then changed so much of my world. I love that. It's really interesting that she brings that up, like being a projector and working a certain number of hours, because I used to work like a five day work week. And I was absolutely miserable. I hated it. I felt like the two days off that they, you know, the societal standard gives you, you spend most of that time taking care of your kids and cleaning your home and doing all your errands and chores. And then there's no time for that, like introspective self-reflection or audiobooks or podcasts or even like health and fitness. I'm very much into moving my body and finding the best things that I can eat that are also really yummy. There's no time for that. I was completely miserable. And so now I'm a nurse. And it's interesting that you say like we should work in four hour increments because I technically work in 12 hour increments, but I do them all at once. And then I have all this free time to myself. And I really enjoy that other that upswing of having all this time to myself to do the things that matter. Totally. And that's the thing that for projectors, it really is about like the um, spaciousness, right? Having space and having freedom is ultimately our success. So that makes total sense. Mm, that's funny too, because it goes along with Sag and Aquarius. Oh yeah. I don't want to I'm big, to do. I'm big into astrology and I feel like for human design, do they, correct me if I'm wrong, but do they use astrology a little bit in Yeah, so astrology is one of the tools um, that is in combination to make your human design. And then if you look down the sides of your human design chart, there's all of the astrology signs that go down. So basically, a, a gate that is in your human design will then have the energy or the meaning of what that astrology sign is. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So I I thought that it was like really complex astrology involved in there, which is really cool. I love that they can tie both together. 
So when it comes to the energy types, what would you say is the main difference between each one? They're all so different. So for a manifester, it's really about they are like those lone wolves and they're here to initiate really big projects or themes or you know, innovation in the world and their energy is super inconsistent. So they have like this, these really big creative outbursts and then they have like a really big pullback. Their biggest theme is learning how to communicate, how to actually communicate with the people that are most important because they just go make things happen. And that's where a lot of relationship things come up for them or feeling like they don't belong because people often feel very pushed out of their life, but they're here to lead themselves. They are not here to ask for permission. They're not here to say, you know, can I, or how do I, they know what to do. So for them, it's really about understanding their energy and how that works best for them and how to bring people into their world. And then we have generators who have this really consistent energy, but they're here for mastery. So they have a lot of energy. They have a lot of energy to go do, but they need to be lit up by what they're doing. And they're here in a lifetime to master some really unique skills. Then we have manifesting generators who have all of that energy to like the generator, but they're here to be in like small pockets of time. So it's like their energy bursts over here and then over here and over here. They have a lot of passions. They're really good at a lot of things and they're really magnetic. And then we have projectors where like their energy is very limited. It's very a lot of self energy time for themselves away from others. But then when they are showing up, their energy is extremely efficient. It's very potent. It's very activating. And again, is really able to read a lot. And then for the reflectors, they're very different. So they're only 1% of the population and they're actually completely open to their mirrors to everybody else. So they're taking in everybody's energy and literally reflecting that back to them. So they need a lot of alone time too, a lot of time to make decisions or more time than anyone else to make decisions in their spaciousness and need to be in environments and people that are really good reflections or else they, they can get very stuck. Yeah. I'm the type of friend who will like ask everybody their birth time like let me figure out who you are whatever <laughs> I put everybody in I have yet to meet a reflector so yeah they're very yeah. rare I haven't yet to they, meet one. Yeah. but I'm yeah, surrounded really cool. yeah right I'm surrounded by projectors though like I feel like everybody <laughs> I know is a projector yeah. yeah and like my my husband's a projector and he needs his alone time like yeah. he will hibernate away from everybody and I'm just like okay I'll let you do your thing but like I'm here <laughs> I also like I think it's like my biology sociology type of background where I'm as you're describing all these human designs my my brain can't help but also think is it possible that because of society and human conditioning and like you know how in science there's a very popular theory that your genetics can actually be altered by the environment that you're put in because of the stress that that environment causes. So it would be really interesting, I think, to see like psychology and how that develops over time if they started incorporating human design and therapy techniques and how people may be deconditioned based on their either dysfunctional or trauma or long-term PTSD situations even people who are in like the military or, you know, unfortunately we have so many like school shootings and things like that and how that long-term really affects people and misaligns them from their human design and their life purpose. And how, Mm -hmm. you know, if we incorporate that into therapy, how we may change, you know, suicidal ideation or, or the risk with the youth, because I see a lot of that in my work and it would just be really interesting a very interesting way to help people long-term in therapy. 
Yeah, there are quite a few therapists that are using it now too, because it is the work is truly transformational. And when you have somebody that's leading and supporting another person that's going through something to be able to first of all, fully understand them, what they're feeling, and then seeing within their chart as to why that makes sense that they're feeling, you know, that unworthiness or that overwhelm or that fatigue, right? Like there's so there it's everything is linked in, it's just the right person to understand both of these of schools of thought and training and understanding to be able to link it all together. But it really is like such transformational work. Mm, yeah. Even like I, I'm in like an astrology group and a lot of people were talking about how they're therapists, but they also feel like they would love to incorporate astrology and in, which is like human design too, into their work because you can see in a chart, like when certain planets are aspecting one another, it creates that challenge or, you know, Chiron, I usually like look at for like you're the wounded healer essentially and what needs healing. It's very interesting. And I think that would be a huge game changer for therapists and mental health. Completely. Yeah. So big, so powerful. Now you do a lot of this work to kind of help people with their business and things like that. So how do you use human design to kind of help with career and business and growth? Yeah. So I, I mainly work with really high performance entrepreneurs. There are people that are in corporate too, but again, very driven, high performance have already been very much in understanding their gifts. And then I support them in understanding themselves in a deeper level of, of what's not working inside of their life, their wealth, their creativity, their productivity, their, you know, self energy of whatever it is. And then we really work on tweaking the, their business, the way they run things, their lifestyle, et cetera, to an aligned state. We do a lot of deconditioning work too and activation work to stand more in our, their authenticity and their power based on their designs. And then I also run group programs where we're activating, again, the understanding. So a group specific for, for projectors, for manifesting generators, generators, and then allowing them to really go into the work of, of, oh my gosh, my whole life has been living the incorrect way, the misaligned way, and really understanding themselves. And again, really big, potent activation uh, portals for them to make moves in their lives and businesses. And we work a lot on the magnetism and the wealth growth and the freedom in their lifestyles. Mm, love that. For projectors and manifesting generators in general, what do you find would be like one good tip for them when it comes to like their business? Well, projectors definitely need freedom. They need to feel like they have spaciousness and they need freedom. So that's all about arranging your week or, or your working days in ways that you can actually incorporate that freedom and spaciousness. And the manifesting generators, it's all about magnetism. So once we can tap into magnetism, as long as you can hold on to that passion and bring that magnetism to the world, be too much, be bold, be big, be loud, you know, pull people in with that. It always works. Mm, love that love that Do you find that like manifesting generators and projectors get along relatively well yeah I find that generators and and projectors work really well together generator I mean many gens and projectors bounce off of each other really well because projectors are so grounding many gens love the groundingness and then many gens bring out like the fun and the spark and that all must of it be why I, uh, them. <laughs> yeah exactly that explains your group of friends. Sorry, I was just going to say that's funny because your husband is a generator and you're a projector. Oh, me? Yeah, and she just said oh, that yeah. you guys would work really well together. We do. He he definitely exhausts me, though, so I totally understand <laughs> her vibrational energy of, like, sometimes he's like, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and I'm like, cool, I will be at home in my pajamas listening to the podcast <laughs> because I need a break. 
I wanted to compliment you because we always do, not that we're spying, but we are a little bit, you know, I got a chance to really look through your website and I think, I don't know if this is a projector quality or just my love for organization. Your website was very detailed and very well laid out, I think, for your products in terms of your group things that you offer and the other courses that you offer. And I haven't really seen that with a lot of people who have like these mentor coaching programs. I feel like it's very like backdoor hidden. It's not very straightforward. So I really liked that. And maybe that's a projector quality, but I like everything. (laughs) And you were like, this is what we're going to do. This is our end goal. It was, yeah, it was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. It's so funny because yeah, it is like, again, like we see a lot of strategy and patterns. So even like my biggest pet peeve in life is going to a parking lot and there's like no parking. I'm like, why are we in this giant, you know, this huge grocery store? How would they ever think that like this store can only hold like 10 parking spots? Like, why is there not better parking? You know, so it's always like the strategy and patterns. I actually get so anxious before going somewhere if I don't know what the parking is like. You really have to know beforehand, is there parking? Because if there's not, I will not be there. <laughs> that stresses me. You know what's funny is I'm of the mindset of like, if I'm, if I've done all my restorative things, when I go somewhere, especially if I'm not in a rush, again, this is probably projector energy. I'm like, okay, I'll just drive around until I find that perfect spot. I'm not <laughs> Gosh, I'm not going to stress. It is what it is. And then boom, the first spot at the store will open. And I'm like, look at this. I'm manifesting. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So when it comes to, we all have an authority, right? And I think that you had said that yours is splenic. Mine yeah. is like that gut intuition sacral. How can people like lean into their authority more? What is the authority for each energy type? So it's not for each energy type, but each energy type will have an an authority, but it's not like all projectors are splenic. The only ones that are going to be will be generators and many gens will always have their sacral, but they could also be an emotional, uh, an emotional authority on top of the sacral. So for example, my son, he's a manifesting generator, which means he has a sacral lit up. So it's defined, Mm -hmm. but before that he's an emotional authority. So he actually is not meant to make decisions in the moment. He actually needs to step back. He needs to move through his emotions. He needs to take some time. Then he comes to his point zero and then he can lean into sacral, make a decision. And then there's like an authority of authorities where like you go across the board. Emotional authority is the one we always have to lean into first. So again, you could be a projector that has an emotional authority and then has a spleen defined. So emotional authority first, and then they're leaning into that splenic authority. So there is emotional authority that I just explained. And then there's sacral, which is all about like full body activation. Like you feel a hit of a yes in your body. You feel a hit of a no. It's literally yes or no. There's no in between. Then we have the splenic, which is like a intuitive hit. doesn't come from something you're not responding to something it just lands and then the other ones that we have are actually also like external ones so we have um self-projected which will always be that projector which is actually a lot of thinking in the head and they need to speak it out and then they get their answer out loud not from talking with somebody but just talking it out and then we also have ego and g-center so our ego authority is like i want i want so their answer will come from i want and then we have g-center which is like i'm going like direct like where we're going next, like, let's go do this. My next thing is going to be this. So again, that's speaking it out. And then we have reflectors, which have no authorities, which is actually going on the lunar cycle. So they're meant to just like continuously get like little pieces of information, which will then help support their end decision of something, but only for big life changes. 
Oh, wow. That's really interesting. Dr. One is very like, it sounds like they kind of get the short end of the stick. Like you only get a little bit here and there. And not like chameleons. Yeah. yeah, they are literally chameleons. And so the thing about them is that like they, there's no like way of doing it, right? It's different every single month for them based on that lunar cycle. They're receiving different energy with who they're around or their environment. And sometimes their decisions will be super fast. Like it'll be two days. Other times it'll be like 20 days, right? So it's just very, a lot of spaciousness, decompressing in their world and learning to tune back into self and and, and really reflecting on the lessons that they're getting. That's so cool. It's really powerful to see and hear your explanation about your son and how he goes through his process because we've done some podcasts on like being the perspective of the child being parented and obviously we have our own perspectives on how we would parent if Lauren and I were parents but unfortunately we're not there yet but it's really interesting because I think as a parent there's no one rule book for how to parent and each child I really believe is so unique in how they communicate and how they feel and everything so hearing how that understanding how he's going to process his environment his emotions and giving him that like you said that freedom of space is really important I think sometimes if I don't know if I want to necessarily mean this in a negative way but my parents had me so young and they didn't have you know, the internet or any of these resources really wasn't in the realm of mainstream conversations. So I felt like they were still doing so much self-exploration while also having small children that we weren't, we didn't have that space for them or for us to learn and develop. And then actually hinders that parent-child relationship, whereas it sounds like you have a really great relationship with your children. Yeah, thank you. And it it is very true. Like most of us in our generation are coming from parents that are parenting based on either how they were parented or what they think they would have needed to be parented, right? It's very based on self rather than understanding the other. And that's only from, again, what's being passed down and resources they have available and, and openness or understanding of things where we're going into the next generation of understanding the ch- doing our own work and then understanding the child and being able to really catch ourselves in those patterns that come up and shift the pattern. And then I believe like the next generation of children as they become adults, like it's just going to get better and better and better because of that self-awareness and the authenticity that's already been built in. But it does come from like understanding that, you know, what works for me or what I would have needed isn't going to fly over here for them. Right. And that's where so many parents hit a lot of um, frustration and like that resistance and even behaviors and things that come out where they they think the child's rebelling against but really they're asking for something they're asking to be heard they're asking to be seen they're asking for you know support with emotions whatever it is but it's inconvenient right oftentimes it's inconvenient it's not like the quickest path but it's like the way to regulate a child and for them to really understand their own tools going into adulthood of who they are and what they need Something that's actually interesting is like when I learned about my human design and I did reflection on my childhood too, I think my parents could have benefited from knowing that I was a manifesting generator because they used to force me to like stick things out and would make me feel really bad when I wanted to not do it anymore. Like I was in dancing and then I was like, oh, I don't really want to do this anymore. And they're like, no, just keep doing it, keep doing it. And then I was in like field hockey and then I wanted to like not do it anymore. And they're like, you can't give up. Like you don't give up, da, 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 da. And kind of made me feel bad and shameful for like wanting to not do it anymore. But 
in reality, I was really just coming from a place of, no, like, this isn't lighting me up anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not giving up because, like, I'm a failure or whatever. It's just not lighting me up anymore. Exactly. You were done. You got what you needed and you're ready to move on. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where so much of our conditioning comes in, like as adults and people that I work with. And it's like reprogramming the belief, right? Because that becomes a belief. Like you need to stick it out. You need to be committed. You need to hustle through. You need to do something even though you don't want to, right? Like all of those things that, that build shame and guilt. Yeah. And I even struggled with that in my business because before I had this podcast, before I was doing astrology and things like that, tarot and all the spiritual stuff, I was very much doing like marketing and things like that, talking about numbers, like in a sense of like success wise, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. And I lost so much passion with that. And I started shaming, I I caught myself shaming myself, like, oh, why are you giving up on this? Everybody's going to think you're a failure. Everybody's going to think that, you know, you didn't succeed, whatever it may be, these like limiting beliefs and this negative self-talk that came through. But in reality, it was like, no, like, why am I going to keep doing something that no longer lights me up? I can feel myself feeling really frustrated and I don't want to feel frustrated anymore. I want to be lit up again. And so I had to really allow myself to, you know, be able to try something new. And go after what did light me up without shaming myself. And as I learned about human design and manifesting generators, I'm like, okay, this actually makes a lot of sense. When people are out of alignment, how have you, how can they use human design to come back into alignment? So you're going to want to look at like those themes of for many gens and gens frustration. So anytime you're frustrated, you're going to know that you're misaligned and you want to get into the state of satisfaction. So that will be the theme of alignment Um, for manifestors. Misalignment is anger and then peace is their alignment theme for projectors. It's bitterness is misalignment and then success is alignment. And then for reflectors, um, it's surprise that is their alignment. And um, it's like the judgment uh, or disappointment, sorry, disappointments for reflectors that's misalignment. So we always want to kind of factor between those and and feel the emotions and then figure out what's going on, why we're feeling frustrated or disappointment, et cetera, and then move ourselves into the state and and begin to align with so we can experience the success theme or the alignment theme, sorry. I love that. I feel like alignment is success. Like now, like as I get older, I feel like everyone's always like, what do you want to do when you grow up? Or like, what's your ideal life look like? And I'm like, my ideal life just looks like me being at peace and in alignment with all aspects of like myself and the closest people to me having good foundational functional relationships. I'm like, other than that, if success or in terms of money or even generational wealth, if any of that is like a byproduct of that, then perfect. If it's not, then at least I'm happy and in alignment. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So good. Well, I really loved having you on here. We really loved, I'm sure, Courtney, you you probably found this helpful since, you know, you didn't know much beforehand about human design. And I find that it's so fun just learning more about people and those around us and ourselves and how you can like better interact with each other. So this has been really helpful. But before we go, I figured it would be really great if you wanted to just share where everybody can find you, where they can connect with you and your courses, and maybe even you have a podcast, right? I do. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Thank you guys so much for having me. It's been so good. And you can find me aligned by design HD on Instagram from their website. Everything is all linked, but it's just aligned by design HD podcast is aligned by design. I haven't done any new episodes this year, but there's tons of them. And then my personal page on Instagram is the Amy Elizabeth. Awesome. Love it. Well, thank you again, Amy. It was so great chatting with you and I can't wait to connect further. Amazing. Thank you so much, ladies.